0: Rock Rising is an artist-focused nonprofit organization. We rely on listeners like you to keep going. If you want to find out how you can support a show, an artist, or give to our 2021 organizational costs, please go to rockrising.org/donate. Thanks for listening.
1: So, yeah, would you want me to put my maracas down? Because I'm I'm cool either them. uh, If you
0: had them two inches from the mic, let's make it one inch from the mic and just shake a little more vigorously. All right. That's great. I'm an artist. Welcome to Looking for Artists. We are going to start right now. now. Yeah, yeah. As always, we have a special guest, um, and I am going to be honest, full disclosure, I have yet to find out all the ways in which this guest is special, but in the time that we've spent together already, I can tell. So I'm going to give you the preliminary drum roll, and then at the end of it, uh, or when when you feel so inspired, you you can introduce yourself. Okay? Okay. Great. Here we go.
1: Looking for artists. Welcome. Episode 62. Everybody, please welcome to your ears me. My name is Lucas Briano Alejandro Alanis Ponce Palacio Godinez Alanez Salazar. I'm a multidimensional artist in Portland, Oregon right now. I've had a couple cups of coffee. I'm sipping on a soda water, and I'm ready to teach what? and learn. What is your name again? Lucas Briano Alejandro Alanis Ponce Palacio Godinez Alaniz Salazar. So
0: that's incredible. Um... Thank you for being on the podcast and uh, thanks for, yeah, thanks for repeating your name. (laughs) I've had a fun time already, um, but before we get into too much fun, can you just kind of explain a little bit about who you are, maybe where you are, what you're about, and then just for my personal sake, like, I'm interested to know about your name. Absolutely. Well, we
1: can... uh... Yeah, we're kind of meeting for the first time right here in front of everybody, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, I'm Michael, by the way. Hi, Michael. I'm Lucas. No, my name is my name is Lucas Briano Salazar. I stole the rest of it from a, a kid I went to high school with, but I really like to introduce myself that way. And but it's just Lucas Salazar is my name. So, apologies, I can't give you any etymology on it. Okay. I am i uh, I'm a musician and an actor uh, to varying degrees and at varying you know times. I have, in recent years, been doing a bit more in creative content for children's education. Okay. And that would, be, that, would, that would be the node through whom we met. That would be Seth. But I was teaching in okay. Asia for about six years. And through doing that, I, uh, I started making music and developing a, a Vonix curriculum and making videos for them. So my own personal endeavors took a back seat for a while. Now I'm back to doing them again, but not music as much. What I've done has changed so much. And recently I've been, I've had my own radio show, which has just been my own chance to learn some editing and just have my own lunacy. Like my journals used to be, it's just, you know, thoughts taped into the pages. And, but as opposed to a, a book, now it's sounds and voices and songs and skits. Hmm. That's,
0: that's really cool.
1: Like I'm you... sorry about lying about my name. It's... <laughs> oh no,
0: it's okay. We all we all have little white lies. I right. usually just don't put them in my name. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I thought it was funny. Just keep keep playing the Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah So comb through and find all the little white lies. Hey, it's that's that's kind of the beauty of of what we do is that like we're on stage telling. You know, versions of some people's truths, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're 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 all kind of lying up there. Um, at least I I have in some of my roles, I've lied, um, saying things that I don't necessarily believe, but it's just fun to do it. Performing is fun.
1: <laughs> when I first moved to Los Angeles, I went to like a, one of the first nights. I went to a club, and I I didn't really like my story. I was new to L.A. and I was green, mm-hmm. and I told a gal that my brother and i wrote children's books based on his son's dreams you know something that sounded very romantic like that and she loved it and then we danced and then at the end of the night i forgot what i'd said oh boy so she said i'd like to see some of the some of the things you've done and i was like what are you talking about and she's like you know the kids books so i was like oh no 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 i said that so we could so we could dance and she told me i'll never forget this." she said that's not cool you're not cool lose my number <laughs> I can't falter for it either. That's that's 100 oh the right response to give. It's a re- yeah. You could
0: make those books though. That's it sounds like a that sounds like a fun like venture. In yeah, I was good
1: dreamboarding. yeah, I was dream boarding. Yeah, right. Projecting. I Just, had put Just put them on the
0: page. Just put them on the page.
1: Well, if I still had that number, I could call her back. Now these 14 years later. Oh, you remember so you me, actually, baby? You you deleted it. I lost her number like she told me to. That's good. That's
0: good. I'm um, oh, man of my word. You're a man of your word sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how did Lucas, how did you get from like making music? I don't know in what capacity you did that, but how did you go from like making music, being a musician to kind of repurposing that for curriculums and education?
1: I I had spent six years in Los Angeles just spinning my wheels, mostly as an actor and I was doing I was doing stage performances and making my own music and doing circus. Sorry to
0: interrupt. Right. But spinning your wheels like
1: were you working as an actor? I was sometimes I mean, I was mostly doing stage stuff. I was doing burlesque and I was doing stage plays. I was doing some circus stuff, but I wasn't I wasn't making my way as an actor. And I was working at a photo lab. So I was in the sphere. But, you know, the effort I was putting in was yielding some things that were fun but after a while i thought well why am i here paying ridiculous rent in a city that at that point i started feeling sort of faceless nameless and you know and clueless right so uh took a hike on a head full of mushrooms and a belly full of wine in sherman Mm -hmm. oaks and epiphanies and epiphanies later i realized i still wanted to be a, a storyteller in some capacity that's what i wanted. But I was like, I need a guiding light. What hmm. kind of guiding light can I get? You know what I think? Travel gives you perspective. How do you travel? You don't have any money. You work. How can you work when you travel? You teach. Thus began six years of teaching in Asia. Oh, man.
0: So where did you go re- from that, that mushroom hike to mm-hmm. uh,
1: where, how, did, how did you basically take your trip and, and put it to the pavement? I, I yeah I leapt off that mountain and I just started looking up. I, I just knew in college, some people, their plan was to go teach in Asia. So I contacted some of those people and it seemed like Korea was where people were going. Oh, cool. So I contacted some recruitment agencies and they said, well, you're way too late for anything you wanted to do. But there are other scraps we could throw you. So lots of paperwork and and had to get a visa for the first time and just applying to things. I mm-hmm. took the first job they offered me. So it was probably from that trip to then my Asia trip was about know, six months or so. But it felt great. I felt I, I finally felt like I was moving towards something and something kind of scary and big. And yeah. <laughs> getting to Korea, when I got on the bus from Seoul to my little village of Jomchan, my the instructions that I got from the recruitment office like ended there you know he's like take this bus go here and then you know the page was white on the other side and i thought i don't i've never been so lost in my life i don't know who to find or where to go or is, if, if, do i live here or do i live 100 miles away it worked out but that was a sweaty sweaty moment wow that's um that's pretty intense honestly i thought so too
0: yeah, but um, so I guess because we agree that it's intense, was there a moment from, I guess, within those six months where you, you thought, I kind of see somewhat clearly what's ahead of me, and I see where I am? Was there any type of anxiety or restlessness in, in that, stre- that six-month stretch?
1: Well, restlessness kind of becomes me. I'm not one to relax. I'm generally a bit oh, I see. Uh, antsy and wiggly, but it, I, it calmed me more than anything because hmm. my, the, the headspace that led me to leave Los Angeles was, you know, every day I'm just kind of waking up and with the purpose of doing what I need to then do the same thing tomorrow. I wasn't getting anywhere. So this felt new and scary, but it felt like I was going to be serving some greater good. You know, in my most Uh, in my most optimistic, I thought, okay, well, I will, I will go and I will teach and I will, I will give voice to where there is no voice, all the, you know, all these ways I had to phrase it. Uh, and I just felt, I was feeling kind of selfish about being an artist for a while. And that was kind of the crux of it. That would come back to, to recycle. And I wouldn't feel that way after a while, but I thought, what am I doing for anybody else? What am I doing that serves a greater good? And that's what I meant by, I was looking for a guiding light, um, but I couldn't really find any reason in my artistic pursuits that was anything besides self-serving. Right. And that's sort of, the, right. I guess, the poison, especially if, if you're not getting anywhere with it. I thought, well, then why am I doing this? Right. But the opposite well, feeling is what then brought me back.
0: Yeah. I've heard that, you know, LA is a drug. <laughs> New York is a drug. I think the whole, like, wherever you're going to do your thing, like, especially if it's entertainment, you're definitely kind of taking a drug. Um, I can see that. Yeah, and I think that it's like the drug that I was taking. I I was like acting and showing up to the EPAs, um, mm-hmm. you know, butt crack a dawn, and like, and then going to a job where it had really nothing to do with acting. Uh huh. I was just surrounded by bitter people to then finally get the gig to then be backstage in a dark theater on a beautiful day with bitter people. And I was just like, this is not the drug for me. This is not the drug of choice for me. And so I can really relate to, you know, finding yourself in a position of like, of, of kind of needing change and, and looking around and, and realizing how self-serving the momentum of your life has kind of become. Mm. And, and for me, it, it was pretty overwhelming.
1: Um, the, the it, feeling that, that, Like that, that dread or, or, or what the drug or what was overwhelming?
0: No, what was overwhelming was looking around and realizing that I have been putting so much energy and time into this self-serving thing,
1: Yeah, this machine,
0: which is even if like you, you said that you were a working actor also gigging out, but you were, you were getting jobs. Like you were not literally showing up to auditions and getting nothing, which I, some people are doing that, Mm -hmm. but, um. But then, you know, even if we're talking about on the level where you have a, an agency that's just handing you scripts and saying, read and choose, you know, I guess what I'm saying is across all levels of, of the career, all spectrum, the whole spectrum, it is, it is a self-serving um, pursuit and, and it is just kind of like, I don't know, empty at the end of the day. Do you feel um, that
1: way at, at the, in the best of times or do you only feel that? when you were feeling down and and have that dread and that that self-doubt.
0: I feel it I felt it I mean I guess in retrospect I felt it in the best of times for anyone who was outside of the circle of mm. of whether it was the cast or the school or that theater that community like it for me the what was bumming me out and if there was any sense of dread it was coming from the idea that theater is insular and theater only goes so far mm. and And I guess like what made it kind of, um, poisonous in, in my, in my circumstance, I'm not saying this was at all the case with you, but what, what made it kind of poisonous was like it coming from that self-serving. I was still in the the mind of like an actor trying to look at my situation and being like, well, why, why is this not working? How can I have a bigger reach? And, um, I don't know. It was just a, uh, a series of events that kind of widened my scope. Uh, I'd also say that psycho psychedelic drugs helped a little bit with that. Uh-huh. But what helped most with that was, was finding communities out there that I was not only a part of, but that I was kind of on the periphery of and, and trying to connect them. And I was like, oh, huh, this is getting me out of my head and I'm still in the creative circles that I moved here for, uh, here being New York City. So um, I don't know. I, I yeah, I just guess I'm just sharing. It's just a really interesting to hear that um, that you were having similar thoughts on on another coast. You know?
1: yeah, I, I mean, I was never of the mind that so many people are in their bio or whatever, you know, when I was four years old, I saw Annie get your guns for the first time and I knew I was going to be an actor. And that's what I was put on this earth for. I never thought that. I just, I liked acting. I liked making art. It was always the most satisfying thing. And, uh, it still is for me. Yeah. Like acting. Yeah. It's been a long time. Actually. I just got an agent three days ago. I haven't had an agent in, at least ten years. Hey, congrats! Thank you very much. I exist. I matter. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I mean, you got an agent during a pandemic. That's pretty radical. Yeah, I, I just sent out a few emails, and then forty-five minutes later, I had an agent. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, give me those um, emails. I will. <laughs> okay. We'll see how it works out. But, uh, but. I, cool. Cool. Right now, I don't. I don't know. Do you like? Do you like working with agencies? I've had. I've had, I've worked with a few different agencies and they were all in Los Angeles and mm. there wasn't really much of a difference except for when the phone would ring, my heart would race. Cause I was like, are they mad at me? I did have one agent <laughs> yeah. who early on, who, uh, was very, you know, she'd call, she'd kind of, she'd dress me down and then hang up. She wouldn't give me a chance. And so I felt very, hmm. I-, I felt like, Oh, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm playing the game wrong. And so I had, uh, some ptsd for a grandiose term of that yeah yeah so even now like if i get a, like if i get a response or a phone call from this agent which i've gotten very few but if they say anything besides like you're doing great everything's okay i'm like oh sorry 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 right. but that's not how it should be they should kind of be working for you
0: they kind of should be right i mean when i when i had a, a an agent i guess you could say I was—I uh, mean, it was literally an agent, but my relationship with them was kind of fuzzy. They—they mm-hmm. um, they kind of were like, "Everything's great. Your headshot's perfect. Your resume looks good. Just go into everything we send you in for." And mm-hmm. when I started to say no or this doesn't fit me, or when I started to grow my hair out, and they would say things like, "We just don't know where to place you." I was like, "Well, I don't need you to figure it out, then," you know. So. <laughs> Uh but yeah, so going back to to you, I'm really interested in what the focus of your your kind of like approach to 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 education is because now that I have some of the backstory of how you got there, I really am interested to know what it is that you do with that time in the quote unquote classroom or, or wherever it is that you're doing
1: this. Well, I'm glad you asked, Michael. So I, I have no teaching background at all. Uh and that's that's a lot of teaching jobs abroad don't care they're like we need a we need a western face who's, who's been speaking English their whole life and we'll just plug you in and so the first job i had i mean i didn't learn anything about actually teaching but i definitely learned it was it was crowd work <laughs> the whole time and so clowning and and energy and being young at heart and being able to relate to kids and wild out with them was basically my and still is my biggest asset as a teacher. I've never studied anything about how to teach different demographics. I've just been in the room and sweat all over the place. And I've, it's done me well in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't have a lot to offer when it comes to studies or anything, but I can certainly like, if you need to do a, uh, what do you call it? Like a demo for the parents. I'm often the one that like, just go in there and waka, waka, waka. And then, you know, we trust you. (laughs) That's
0: fun. I mean <laughs> yeah. and and to be honest like that's uh, in some cases I think kids respond uh best to that and that's at least I would say me, most cases in most cases right and like for me in my schooling experience those were the moments that I that I got the most out of and I was actually like really influenced and motivated by those moments to see an adult to see an adult put it out there for like on the line for kids mm-hmm. and to be present and to give themselves it's, it's a really, it's kind of like an exciting thing to, to see as a kid.
1: I, I, I hope they feel that way too. And it's, it's exciting to be part of that, to, to kind of dip, dig deep to something I heard one time. A, a friend of mine went to LISPA, the, the London Institute of Performing Arts, and he had an amazing time there. But I remember a conversation he told me about with a professor, where the professor had asked him something along the lines of, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, that open. What do you want to do in this galaxy? And his response was, I wanna I wanna be able to pull a pony out of this wall right here with my hand. And the professor said, Well, do it then. Now, as nonsense as that conversation could sound to many people, I thought, okay, Lucas, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And this is a limitless question. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. And a response I landed on was, I want to be able to be any age at any time. I want to bounce through time and space and be any age what I want. I want to be a thousand or two or thirty. And I thought, well, how would you manifest that? And the way I found is helping others feel young at heart uh, was about the best way I could do it. And in a way, teaching and being, you know, what I was as a teacher, that was an outlet for that. I won't say it was the best one, but if I can't just travel through time and space in my in my any machine, <laughs> then I teaching was kind of a way to, for me to feel young at heart, but be the older influence on those kids and again i'm not saying teaching is my thing i think performing is really what 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 i'm getting at hmm did you say any machine yeah yeah i listened to a few of your podcasts before and i heard of uh whoa you just dropped the any machine
0: machine. (laughs) wow that's pretty crazy um yeah that's so that's really really cool it sounds like uh, honestly it sounds really hard to do um like keep like keeping people young at heart or, or what do you, think you would want to do, Michael? To, to do that. If
1: I if I had an any machine. If you had this formless, what do you want to do? You don't even need the any machine if you don't if you don't want oh, okay. it. Okay. What would, what do you want to do?
0: Man. I want I want to. I want to do what I'm doing. I want to do what I'm doing. Wow, <laughs> I, I want to do what I'm doing. And I think that that's why I have so much, so much uh, issue with this, like answering this question. I love asking it, but I mm-hmm. hate answering it because like there's nothing I want to do. And for a while, that was like a really hard thing for me to like come to terms with because mm-hmm. I love being an artist and a performer. And I feel like so much of the questions are, what's your motive? What, what, do, you, what do you want? What does your mm. character want? And it's like I don't really want that many things. I like doing things with people I love, and and like while I may not know you or love you in the traditional sense, like I'm enjoying my time here. I feel present, and I feel reminded of of who it is that I am and was and will be. You know, like that sounds kind of cheesy and like generic, but I truly mean that. And so, like this podcast, Rock Rising, meeting people like you talking to people like you about things like this. Like, this is what I, I I mean, this is it. And, and I don't really care how old I get. Um, I guess if, if there's anything I want to do, I want, I want to feel okay. And I want to, I want other people to feel okay. You know, so whatever that looks like, like, if that's performing, if that's talking, if that's cooking for you, if that's surfing with you, you know, I just like getting into whatever it is that makes me feel okay with the people I'm with.
1: And that sounds like a it sounds like a commitment to the to to the moment. I mean, if you're saying you want to do what you're doing, uh, if I'm reading it right, it sounds it sounds like you'd like to be in a place where you you know you're not worried about tomorrow or yesterday, and and talking and you know, interviewing like this, and and having that sort of be your I don't know if I call it livelihood, but it's, it's what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's my livelihood
0: in the sense that it's what gets me up in the morning. There are parts, there are things in my day today, my week to week Mm -hmm. that, um, that require me to spend time, uh, time I would spend in other ways. If I hadn't, if I didn't have the obligations to do those things, but it's fine. You know, it's like, you know, I guess I'm in a place to see those things and be okay with them. Whereas even a few years ago, that wasn't the case. So um, uh, I'm I'm very I, I, if I if I had a, the capacity to do anything, I would
1: want to be content. Um, nice, yeah. Well, Michael, I got to say that I'm I'm genuinely honored to be a part of your now doing what you're doing. Thank you very much for having me on. Of course, like it's it, it this happened.
0: So if there's one complaint I had about this podcast, I would want to do it more frequently. Um, and with more consistency, not for views or listenership, but for to go back to my actor at heart for the self-serving purpose of like hearing things like truth bombs, you know, hearing things that yeah. really open my eyes or hearing other people's stories like that to me is just kind of it's always wild because, you you know, it doesn't matter if you come to it with expectations they're going to be obliterated in
1: some way <laughs> yeah this must keep you limber and buoyant talking to so many so many different artists of so many different energies so often
0: uh, yeah it's easy when i have uh, people like you oh my god no Thank come you. on lucas so where did you go from like where did we where did we leave off i really want to know about your 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 musical life like what type of music oh. do, you, do you make do you listen to
1: what what are you what are you about my uh my my my. I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest, and my my the middle brother and my father are both musicians, or were musicians slash are. Um, but my oldest brother started playing guitar and piano, and both he and my dad they were always telling me, "You got these long skinny fingers. You should be playing piano." And I was like, "No way, man! Mortal Kombat is what I am doing." <laughs> so I got really really good at Mortal Kombat uh, over the course of you know 1995 1996, and after a while, you know what it was. I had found. So my brother Marco is three years older than I am, and I found his old creative writing journal in the garage. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was, it was just like a diary that they had to keep, but just him talking about his day. I was very fascinated with him. He had started, you know, growing his hair long and being a counterculturalist, and I was starting to toy with that idea, and just finding him, you know, writing song lyrics or talking about the Beatles all the time. I got really inspired. I remember that was the first time I tried putting chords together and making a song. Mm-hmm. And I just liked how you could, you know, I read it and I was like, I was sad and I admired him, but like happy. I had all these emotions. And even though I remember the song I put together, you know, just GCD, da, 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 but it was just the very beginning of me seeing how, okay. So if you have this feeling, this anxiety, there's something stirring inside you, you can kind of put it into a song or you can, you right. can do something with it through your art, through this tool. And that ended up being, you know, I started songwriting and I've been songwriting for 20 some years now. And that's, that's really what I liked about it. If I had something that was bugging me, especially, you know, of course, it's like heartbreak. Uh, but that's the kind of thing that just doesn't have any confines to it. You're just gonna feel the heartbreak when you're at work or when you're yeah. eating a sandwich or tying your shoes. But yeah. to be able to put that specific feeling into something like a song. Now you've got this box with a bow on it, and you can go to it when you want to. It doesn't have to rule you. I found that really, really, really helpful. Hmm. So that's how I started writing music. Hmm.
0: <clears throat> well, okay. What was your um, What was your main well of inspiration? Like, what like was it grief or happiness? Was it angst? What, what was your Where did you start with music then?
1: I certainly found most of it to be um, either the beginning or end of a relationship. But mm-hmm. you know, my first mm-hmm. album I put together years ago, Jolt Cola was definitely an inspiration. Uh, <laughs> I used to live Cola? in an attic. Yeah, yeah, that was my first blues song. Whoa, that's a cool name. Joel, you know Jolt Cola? No. Oh, Jolt Cola. I got a segue here, or I mean, aside. Before Red Bull and all these energy drinks, yeah. you just had to get your caffeine from your sodies, and you know Mountain Dew. You know, in the mainstream is your most caffeinated soda. But Jolt Cola yeah. was what us us real caffeine heads were drinking. Oh, okay. Is it uh, kinda was it kinda like um Surge? Do you remember Surge? Oh yeah, I remember Surge. Surge was Surge was more of a mellow yellow Mountain Dew type, like a yellow Oh, so you were hardcore. <laughs> I would like to think so. Jolt. Wow. Jolt Cola. Yeah, look it up. And I think anybody okay. <laughs> in my generation or a little bit older, pro- and especially if they have any of my sensibilities of like, Oh yeah, I wanted to stay up and you know, play. Mortal Kombat. Uh, were you a old...
0: button masher, or did you know the actual combos with Mortal Kombat?
1: With Mortal Kombat, yes, I knew all of it. You can't really mash buttons on that as much because the moves are so staccato, but if you're playing something right. like, uh, uh, oh, what was the dinosaur one? Street Fighter, you can still get away with mashing a bit more because so many of the moves are are rolling. Soul um, Calibur, I feel like you can. Soul Calibur, yeah. See, some of those were just, I didn't quite like them, but what was the, oh, yeah. the dinosaurs? Oh, Killer uh, Instinct was another one. That, uh, I just looked up Jolt Cola the, yeah. the
0: the image. That logo is really cool. Is it the, is it the the O oh, with the lightning bolt? Yeah, yeah. I love lightning bolts. My um <laughs> my musician. Maybe this is the drink for you. It is the drink for me. If if I can afford it, I might order some. There's probably some reserve you know cans that people never cracked.
1: I hope so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, in a in a bungalow down in Eugene somewhere.
0: Yeah, Surge Cola. I mean, um, uh, Jolt Cola. That's a that's a good one. So wait, so that was your first blues track or uh, blues album?
1: So yeah, so yeah. To go back, the, I was just looking at the the tracks that were on my first album, and it was, I mean, mm. mostly love or heartbreak. Um, right. And you know, that was that that first album I made was comprised of like the only eight or ten songs I'd really written in those first six years of of making music. Uh I, I, slept, I lived in an attic for a year and there was no bathroom up there. So I'd have to, I needed to use a jar <laughs> to, to pee mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. And there was a song about that, but it was, you know, but that was more of a, a lovey song. So I really liked too, you could, you could sing a, a really silly dopey song about you know, the, the worst heartbreak you could have, or you could write this really like gut wrenching song about your piss jar in your attic. I liked that juxtaposition of, of writing right. music as well. Right. It's
0: like, it's like playing, playing with your mental food almost.
1: Playing with your mental food, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I always thought that there, was, there needed to be some sort of dichotomy for a good song. So mm-hmm. whether the whole thing is, you know, allegory or there's some, there's something acting against itself. Yeah. I. You know what? I, looking
0: back now, <clears throat> when I have uh, had my, most of my musical output, it's, it, it's when I'm like really going through something heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said this to a, a friend who was kind of asking me about like making music and I was like, look, I love Julie because uh, we're married and, and I just love her for who she is, but we're also married. I'm happy. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm happily married to uh-huh. Julie. Like I can say that. Okay. But however, when things are going great between us, like when there's literally nothing to complain about, when there's nothing to stress about, like I am not really making interesting stuff. And right. it's not just with her. It's with like in my life when everything's – when I feel like everything's in order. Like I'm just not really motivated to, to say anything.
1: I I see that. And then, yeah, don't th- yeah, not not a lot of great art comes from being content, right? You have to sort of find the things that are – are whipping you around and generally mm-hmm. the the more negative the ones that you like need to get out and work through in some way those are the ones that generally breed the most interesting art I think. when you
0: when you found teaching and, and first started getting into it did you could you, did you carry the music over were you still writing
1: well that, that, that first, when i was in korea yeah i was playing a lot because that we would do these open mics all the time and i was just trying to write things i was thinking that's about the time too where i had been performing music for a while and that's when I started this kind of became the uh, a real obstacle for me writing music, because once I started thinking, what will what will someone think about this? Will they think that's a cool chord? Will they think that's a cool verse that always got in the way of me finishing a song? Right. I uh, was so I can I can see why, you know, big bands come out. Pretty uh, unadulterated and, and rough, and they have their their debut album, and, and the world says that's amazing, that's great, that's great. Now everybody wants you to do it again. I can see what pressure that must be. Yeah, and I, there was not anybody listening to me. There was maybe ten people who would hear my songs, but already in my head, I thought, "Ooh, I need to do this kind of for them," and that started getting in the way of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I did still play a lot of songs. Uh, teaching Korean elementary school students does come with its own frustrations so i had some songs in there about that actually i have i have like 40 voice notes still from korea in 2012 that i would record i did a lot of drinking there mm-hmm. and so i'd you know I'd drink come up with a melody sing it into my phone and i just yeah. found those after a uh, hard drive crash last year so six years later i found all these wicked choruses i came <laughs> up with have you gone through them I have. And I was like, well, oh, there's not a whole lot here. I mean, there, there, there are yeah. plenty of files. <laughs> I uh I recently
0: opened my voice memo uh app and I was like, oh my goodness, I have seven, you know, like seven voice memos here. Let's see what we got. And it's the most unintelligible, just mumbling. <laughs> like <laughs> there's not even a melody. There's no
1: tempo. Like I can't use this at all. It's sometimes though, what I think is so satisfying is If you've had some melody like that, that you recorded seven years ago and you still kind of remember it in the back of your head and you're making a song later on and you go, oh, wait, no. Oh, oh, is this the place for it? And you plug in this chorus that you thought of in 98. It's just, oh, it just washes over your body. I love it. it, And in that way,
0: um, not to get too cheesy, but, you know kind of in that way you are kind of staying ageless you are any age you're bringing in parts of your story from like over a decade ago into the music you're making now that's pretty cool i love that
1: yeah that's very true
0: yeah cuz cuz like i guess we're at a point now where <clears throat> we can make music and release it into the into the world kind of forever like you know this once this episode is on spotify it's not really going to die um, and so, like to to have that opportunity with our music, I think brings us to a whole new sphere. I, it's really really exciting. Um, but I I love that that you want to that you're in your your goal with working with people, whether it's through music, teaching, or a combination of the two, is to, is to inspire that that agelessness or that sense of youthfulness in people. Yeah. Because I I'd say that. Um, with my music, if you had asked me that question, what do I want to do if I could do mm-hmm. anything with my music, it would be to create a literal time machine. Mm. I, I I go to my memories, you know, and try to kind of make that scene with sonic, you know, colors, if you yeah. will. like, so that's whenever I get in a, in a rut, or I'm like, I, I don't know what to write about. I'm like, let me try to think about one memory and, and
1: put that on a track and just see how that goes. I love that too. And no memory is too small. You can pick apart anything. You know, if, like you were saying, if you're having a great life with Julian, maybe you worry about, like, well, if, if things are so great, maybe nothing's going to come from it. But there's every morning that one turn style down on the subway station that doesn't turn. It hurts your hip. Or you've got you've got like this shoulder bag that's coming undone at the yeah. hinge. And it's, you, you love this one. And then you're not sure if you can fix it like stuff like that. You just dig in, you pull it apart like a like a cottontail. Right. And there's, sure. there's all you need right there. Or or something like Covid happens. I haven't heard. I haven't been watching the news. what's oh, what's up with it, Covid?
0: <laughs> well, it was like this really big accident, you know on the on the freeway, and it just stopped travel for a really long time. People, I I like snow and ice, and they just went without food. okay. So the yeah COVID, well, I, I missed that. blizzard <laughs> uh hey lucas
1: yeah what what does your day to day look like um right now? Oh my God, um, it's so humbling to answer that question especially these days um yeah yeah these uh, time hours days I don't, I don't really know i spend a lot of time well see I, i'm doing this weekly radio show on shady pines radio which has been my, my just my saving grace as an artistic outlet that's really cool August. oh You're my there, god yeah are you hosting yeah, i am hosting i am uh oh good essentially it's It's just I get to make an hour of whatever I want. So there's all sorts of different things on there. Sometimes it takes me 40 hours in the week to put it together. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes me two. Um, This is going to be a pretty quick episode this week. But when I really put my time into it, uh, especially because I'm kind of learning how to edit on the fly, that is my day. That's my week, too. And because I'm I'm so bad with time management, you know, if someone says, hey, do you want to hang out in two days? I'm like, I don't know if I can, because I have to just sit here close (laughs) to to all this. Yep. I feel it's irresponsible to not be in proximity of my tools, my sources of stress and triumph. I feel that. I feel that a lot.
0: Uh Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's a weird, there's like a weird thing that happens because the more you, you kind of make work for yourself and pack, pack yourself out with these, these things that kind of keep you alive or interested Mm-hmm. I think the more content you can become and and maybe in turn, like the better you become at time management, like the more mm-hmm. things you have, the more you just have to be better at managing time. Uh-huh. But on the flip side, uh, I mean, you start spending all of your energy and your time in those places, yeah. whether it's the the studio with the laptop, whether it's like skateboard, whatever it is, you know, you, you just start being kind of consumed by it. You start being consumed by your consumption of that of that thing, yeah. So, um, so yeah. That how do you,
1: yeah, and I'm, especially because that's I. I mean, I don't the work that I do do now is all remote, and there's not, I mean I don't have a lot of appointments from day to day. So this is just my one nebulous responsibility a lot of times, and. You know, again, going back to that, like, do you want to hang out in two days? I'm like, well, I can't because I'm working on this thing this week. And then generally there will be some responses. Well, you know, well, why don't you just work on it a bunch now or on that day and then right. block this time out to hang out? I think, like, oh, it's so easy for you, isn't it? It's so easy to just put it down. But I yeah, can't. Yeah, why don't That's I that. just make, well, yeah, I'll just
0: make a radio show real quick. <laughs> I'll just put it together and then we can hang out. Yeah, just give me an hour. Because that's it. Takes an hour to make an hour episode. I
1: this think is what hilarious. made me such a start what such a such an amazing student too. You know, if you got to study for a test, I couldn't just go. Okay, well, I'm going to study for four hours then, and then I'll go do this for a while. Maybe I'll come back to it. Uh-huh. I'll just sit, you know, in the student union with really bad posture and just look at the book and be like, "Well, I guess this is what I'm doing <laughs> for the next 48 hours. Just yeah. sitting here." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so funny. I mean.
0: The divide between like, I'd say making a radio show is, is a creative venture and yeah. it's, it's not just like doing a math sheet, you know, and it's like a teacher <laughs> gives you an assignment. It's like this math sheet should take you about an hour. If you're up to date on the curriculum, if you've been paying attention in class mm-hmm. with the skills that you have, this should take you and homework should take you an hour that is just not true of anything creative. <laughs> yeah. Even like, even if you're getting paid, commissioned with a time frame, still like that, that phrase, you can't rush art. It comes from a really, really real place. Cause it's not even about rushing art. You can't schedule it. You can't do it on time. And I know that there are books out there and people have come up with creative processes and they're like, I found it. This is the creative right. lifestyle, but it's like, we've yeah, quantified yeah.
1: creativity. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah what's that what's that one um what's that really bad oh no i don't want to say bad christmas movie but (laughs) it's a christmas movie that just came out um the platoon did is that a christmas movie That just no i'm sorry
1: i'm sorry what is it oh (laughs) (laughs)
0: um what's it it's the it's the it's the inventor in that town with with
1: inventor in the town
0: hey julie Jingle jangle. Have you seen that?
1: Jingle jangle. I haven't.
0: yeah like a think piece. Okay, it's it's definitely a think piece, and they all really right. went for it. But the math that it's it's like a town that's that's like um built on all this like mathematical like conundrums and crazy equations and stuff, and and just none of it makes sense. Like jingle jangle. I hope these button pushes don't bother, but I want to I want to see what that is. Yeah, jingle. you should probably peruse that. Oh, a recent one. Okay. Yeah, but that's that's like the math Is that Forrest Whitaker? Yeah.
1: Jingle Jangle Christmas Journey.
0: Yep. All
1: right. The cast is
0: pretty it's a sneaks up on you. Um just yeah, you know, and maybe let me
1: know what you think on the next time that you're on or whatever. Well, why don't we why don't we live watch it someday? If you got some time, we'll throw it on three two one, turn on Jingle Jangle, we'll watch it and we can Have you ever live watched? Do you live watch? I haven't. I heard of a guy who uh, heard of a guy, a friend of mine used to do that with his girlfriend and it sounded fucking dreadful that yeah. th- that would just rip apart my attention span. Oh, no, that doesn't sound good at all. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, I watch stuff with Julie in person and it's it's still kind of dreadful. Like, <laughs> watching. No things, offense, hon. I, hate, I love movie I, night. I really
1: don't like it. I really like you don't, just you don't like watching movies I in mean, general? I
0: do. No, I do. It's more the TV shows, like because um, Julie's a diehard like TV head, and she'll mm-hmm. she'll do the thing where she'll pause it if I if I like get up or if she thinks I'm getting up, oh. she'll just pause it because she wants me to see everything. And I'm like, <laughs> I, that's not necessarily how
1: I watch TV. Trust me, I'm in... getting up to relieve myself from this for a bit. Do not put it on pause for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. If anything, fast forward. <laughs> like, I'm good. No,
0: I I like TV. I rely on other people to give me. TV recommendations, but okay, wait. So we got a little sidetracked. Day to day, your day to day right now, it's all it's all uh, at
1: home. Uh, well, it, most of it's at home. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I've never been as much as I like to be. I've never been really an outdoorsy type, and that's not to say I don't like doing things outdoors, but that's not my natural inclination. I, I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time at home. So I like to be near the food and the computer, uh, and I'm. You know, I've been drinking a lot lately, which it ebbs and flows in yeah, I've been how drinking I feel a lot, about too. it. Yeah, what do you drink? Well, I
0: I get inspired by like people. So I, I really blood. Got, mostly blood. <laughs> just blood. I, I I drink blood and like plasma. Bile. <laughs> <Sure>. That's cool. <laughs> no, no. I uh post Malone. He's a he's just a very fascinating. He's a Bud Lighthead, right? He's a Bud Lighthead and, and I actually am a Bud Lighthead from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I went through a long stretch of just not really drinking. Uh, uh-huh. um, I, I like smoking weed. Like that's kind of yeah. my thing. But, um, I went through a long phase of not drinking and, uh, and then I was like, I started drinking a little bit more cause I started doing jujitsu and surfing and having that sweet, like salty alcohol punch right uh-huh. after a good training session. Just nice. really, it's just like, oh, mwah. and so I then I watched this interview with Post Malone and he he was just talking about Bud Light while he was drinking it and I was like that looks really <laughs> covered head to really... toe in Bud
1: Light clothing Bud Light. a Bud Light tattoo on he his neck serious. while he's at the Bud Light headquarters. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, 100%. And so I uh yeah, I'm I'm sponsor I'm donating to Bud Light. I'm donating to Anheuser-Busch.
1: Oh, see yeah, we all need our altruistic parts of our of our personalities and That's a nice one of yours. How Thanks. far what's uh what's your belt in jiu-jitsu? i'm
0: blue nice uh, yeah thanks i'm blue i i was studying at henzo's um oh really the pandemic and uh, that yeah that was a uh that was a hard
1: fought it was a hard fought journey what was the what was the vibe there like i, I was training at a place here mm-hmm. that um jiu-jitsu it, yeah hey what's up dude hey how Yo. are you Come yeah you want to train sometime yeah, can we do that over the podcast? Can yeah, we that? can do some virtual,
0: some virtual training with each other. Uh, okay, so wait, I interrupted you. What you you
1: were doing some training? I was doing some training. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it was one of the many things I did in my first couple years of Portland where I was just just punching blindly, looking for my community, mm-hmm. and jujitsu was part of that. And I. I it's chicken and the egg i never really committed to it because i did not really like the vibe of the gym and i don't think the gym Mm -hmm. was you know as an entity or especially the professor what you had to call him uh he he didn't embrace me very much i don't think he saw me as much potential yeah but i enjoyed it when i would get in my um get in the groove but ultimately i was there because i was looking for community and i didn't find it there so i was less inspired right to be there I mean I, I I would say that
0: I have a lot of similar frustrations with the jiu jitsu community at large but mm-hmm. um at, at Henzo's I would say that um there's a there's a huge divide there's the competitors like the the actual competitors and John Donaher and his whole squad and then there's like <clears throat> there so that's kind of like they get adopted almost into the Gracie family where it's mainly Gracies uh-huh. and then a couple of other people that aren't Gracies but they might as well be and then it's like everybody else including cele- it's like including celebrities like models and then just like meatheads and uh you know computer technicians like it's everybody else, and then the Gracies and competitors. So,
1: meathead was kind of the, the what was going around in my head because pe- when I talked about going yeah. to a different gym, uh, mm-hmm. they had said, "Well, what's good about the one we're in right now, where I was training, is there's a there's a real lack of meatheads, which is what you don't find other places." And I thought, "Oh, that's probably a good point." I definitely don't want to be in there with some cauliflower ear who's like he just wants to hurt you and he just wants to be loud and rough. Right. That was not what I.
0: Well, was I mean, and then part of the culture is that too so part
1: of like, the culture I is is what
0: I, I mean i think i think part of the culture is that i think part of the culture is meathead and it's like they've found a way to channel it but i think at the end of the day what you have is a bunch of men that that are trying to secure their insecurities with like technique you know mm-hmm. and it's like nothing's going to keep you safe at the end of the day other than you know do, like doing what's best for you for you and your in your mind and like loving yourself uh-huh. all that cheesy stuff like yes it is important to know how to defend yourself but i think that people there were, were trying to fix themselves huh. through jujitsu as opposed to just protecting themselves and engaging in something that they were interested in and was healthy for them they they were literally putting their identity in it yeah um, and, and, and so, when you have
1: everybody mixed together if, if if you have all these different sensibilities and these different levels you know we're all gonna learn a few you know roles and then now everybody's just go at it and you got a brown belt with a white belt and you have a yeah. guy who's there for his his like audit night yeah. there with you know uh, a blue belt or something like that that that's where i didn't like the the mix of like i'm there to hurt and win right whereas some people just need you to embrace them and like help them with it and when everybody was mixed together i thought that was poor planning i i do
0: too and i and i think it's mainly because like i had similar things at henzo's i think it's just too many people doing it like i just think it's too many people um and so the community it's just a little overwhelming and um even in the best of places like it's just gotten a little too big even though it's relatively small it's just it's a little too big so you have everybody trying it. it's like everybody flocking to the to the west coast to try to pursue their american dream or Mm -hmm. you know flocking to new york city like i did um so i don't know but um, my professor like
1: the 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 owner of the uh of the the gym yeah yeah my name is lucas and he called me luke all the time, which Ugh. I just, I don't like. But but anytime we weren't in front of the class, I would correct him and say, Lucas. He never called me Lucas. And his fucking son's name is Lucas. What? Of every name that you're going to find in a baby book. That's the one he should probably have some oh, extra special relationship with. He definitely to.
0: was doing that on purpose. Oh, that stinker. He probably was doing that on purpose. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going back to Henzo's, but uh, I, I want to go to... I wanna to go to a different different gym when uh when things are safe again, but not Henzo's. Jiu Jitsu's cool. It's great. Like I'm serious about it. I'd love to put in another ten, however many years, get the black belt. Like I, I I'm here for that. i I already fucked up my ears.
1: Um Your ears? Yeah. Fucked up your ears. Oh, like like cauliflower, cauliflower. ear kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. Like oh, I not, didn't mean to use it as a derogatory term earlier. Oh, I'm no, sorry. No, it is. It, it It's both
0: derogatory and also kind of like, I, I, I wasn't trying to puff up my ears. So the fact, <laughs> like I was like going through drastic measures to like drain it. And so to Ooh. for me to have it, like I've accepted it, it's fine. But like, I'm not out there trying to puff up my ears.
1: Like Drain it? Is it liquid? Is that what makes cauliflower ears? Yeah.
0: So it's a, when when you get punched or when you get pressure, a lot of like extreme pressure on that cartilage. Right it can separate the lipid, like the fatty tissue separates from the cartilage and then it fills. it fills in with a bunch of plasma and to like, kind of try to heal that, but it doesn't all like flush out. So it just calcifies and Uh. becomes hard, like hardened plasma and blood in there. So before you have like a window of opportunity as it's filling you can drain it with syringes. And so I bought, oh, I would, wow. I, I would go to the, you know, Rite Aid and buy syringes and, and they would, uh, they would recommend that you take a week off, but I was just training every day and, and syringing after every practice. And
1: I've never, ever heard of that.
0: Yeah, I, I set a goal. I set a goal to get my blue belt in a year. Uh-huh. And, um, and so I kind of just was like, I'm going to do. Sometimes that
1: means syringing.
0: Sometimes that means syringine and sometimes that, yeah, exactly. You know, you get it. You get it.
1: So could you, you do what's up? I, I was going to ask more questions about the ear, but I can't really imagine they're going to be that productive. So well, I've know, got that. I'll, I'll answer one more. Um, no. I've got ears. I'll keep until I have a question that I really need the answer to. I was just oh, going to okay. basically did my you, questions would be like, dude, really?
0: <laughs> well, did you use headgear?
1: No, I've oh, never yeah, seen see. anybody use headgear in jujitsu.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a pain. It's not great jujitsu is fun it's great it's it's okay it's whatever i don't need it in my life but i definitely miss it and if and when things are safe again i'm gonna dive back into it just as hard <laughs> like uh but yeah No, now so, uh,
1: here, here's a way to bring it together unless i i don't want to stop No, bring it together I, I bring it together so jujitsu is a martial art correct uh when i when i try to when i think about you know like i said earlier what is art? You know, I generally feel like art is a storytelling at its heart, but this is a martial art. Would you consider jiu-jitsu art? Yes.
0: Could you Tell me why. Okay. Okay. Art. Well... Uh, this is why I think it—it's art. Or you
1: can email me later, yeah. If it's I it's can email much. you later. <laughs> 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 I'd love to hear it now, but if it's if it's too much, no, no. I'm basically no you I'll, I'll just
0: kind of give you my like. I'll shoot from the hip here. Art mm. is is nice to look at, right? Mm-hmm. It's nice to observe whether it's movement or just just a, a capturing of it. So that's true of jujitsu. Whether you're ca- taking a picture of a moment or you're watching a someone roll or you're watching a match it is beautiful
1: Um,
0: especially the more you know about it which I think the same can be true of art also like art it is fun to do for people who like to like for people who are artistic people who find themselves looking for arenas in which to express themselves expression Hmm. comes in so many ways and I think that that to not be able to see the connection between like expression through physical movement, such as like dance is, is the same thing as jujitsu. You're just adding, um, conflict, you're adding obstacles and barriers and you're doing it with a partner with literal physical contact, but it's a, it's very much a dance. And in that sense, as just like art, you know, pretty much anyone can apply the techniques and try it. No, you're not going to necessarily be good at it. You're not going to be an artist, but you can approach the art, engage it. You can learn about it. And I think that the same is true of, um, of jujitsu. Well said, Michael. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And, and kind of to bring it full circle too, like part of my pursuit uh, in jujitsu was not only that community, but I was, I, I like you, I like to be close to my tools. And, Mm. and so when I made the mental shift of saying, hey, jujitsu is me furthering my exploration and study of physical movement, it became a tool for me, not just to defend myself, but a tool to express. And there are ways in which I could, I could demonstrate and show you how I express while I'm doing it. And then there are ways that just, just like my art, I can't articulate to you why it connects with me and how I'm expressing, but I, I know that I am. And 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 I leave stuff on the mat, you know. I leave stuff in rolls, just like we leave stuff in songs.
1: Wow, that's gorgeous. Thanks. All right. I'm a, I'm a blue belt. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm a blue belt, you know. Um, that's how we talk.
0: All jokes aside, I seriously would love to do a. I would love to hang out and uh, and train with you. I don't even know if you train anymore. I have not trained in about a year. Oh, that's only the been same with me. Approach. That's the oh, same yeah? With me. Yeah. I mean, my buddies were doing this open mat thing and they were meeting up in parks, but I was like, um, there's a pandemic. So I'm going to It gonna seems like a home. risky time to rub your body against a number of people. Yeah. It seems like a risky time to drink other people's sweat and spit. Um, <laughs> Unless they're gun's trying in to can. kill you. Yeah. All right. So I got, I got, I guess, one more question and then um, I'll open the floor for you to okay. say anything you want. And then, and then I think I'm pretty good. I mean- this has been really enjoyable. So I guess my question is, um, going back to this, this theme of age and, and being any age and inspiring youthfulness, uh-huh. like five, let's rewind 10 years, 15 years from now, 10 years, wow. 10, let's do 10, let's do 10. Let's do it. 10 years from now, if you were to peek into your life and see all the things that you're doing.
1: Speaking of my current life, your current life,
0: regardless of how you got there. Let's just say that you see what you're doing 10 years ago. You see what you're doing now. Uh Now try to, if you can imagine the headspace that that would put you in to see those things and to feel like seeing what you're doing and, in and where your life is taking you. Now try to imagine 10 years from this moment. What would you like to see? What would you like to see yourself doing?
1: Ten years from now, I would certainly like to see myself filling in the cracks with art a bit more. It seems whether it be physical fitness or artistic nimbleness, I think uh, I have only allowed the bandwidth to like now I have this project I'm working on, but then the rest of the time, I'm sort of taking cosmic time off i've i've I think I've grown a bit soft in mind and body and and soul. so. And again, and again, because, you know, I have this project I'm working on, so I just do that for a while. But I think if you are embracing, you know, the life of an artist or, or call yourself an artist, I think there's a lot more feeling in the crack. So it means a lot more about the way you're approaching things or the way you're accepting things or viewing things, observing things. And I think I'm mean, honestly, I've gotten a bit cynical and, and, and lazy, really. Yeah. These days. So <clears throat> so I would certainly notice that. You know, ten years ago, self. So looking forward, I would just like to see that there's a a bit more appreciation for the fact that at every moment you can sort of be sucking up some goodness of this world. You know, I've been sort of sitting around on a rock. I feel like, and I'm, I've COVID has given a lot of people an excuse to go, yeah, well, COVID. So what can you do? But there's plenty you can do. I mean, inside your mm-hmm. headspace, and there's lots you can do. And I think I've, I've made uh, excuses enough to where I, I'm not always proud of the way I'm conducting myself as an artist. So looking forward 10 years, I would like to see that these lessons that I feel like I know I've put them into action mm-hmm. and there is more of a, more of a rich cascade of colors that I'm living with, as opposed to some, some pretty clear lines.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm not explicitly a religious person, but I'll say amen to that. And Thank- also I, I say this not for, consolation, but maybe accountability is that, you know, I don't think you're alone in any of those things in any of those feelings, um, or any of those desires to see yourself, you know, years from now in a, in a more active and filling in the cracks type of scenario. So, um, I'm there with you and, uh, like as an artist, like I, I'm here with you and I, uh, I want to see you doing that. Um, and I, I thank you for your time now. And in many ways, like you've, you've done that for me with this hour that we've had. So, so thank you, you know.
1: I thank you as well, Michael. And this, is, this has just been a pleasurable conversation all the way through. But zooming out a little bit, it's nice to just keep the ball in the air. And, not, you know, let's, let's artist to artist and talk and get different perspectives, which is where I can see why I can see this must be so, uh, not validating, enriching to you because you're getting this uh, hopefully you you end up getting it on a more regular basis like you were saying but this gives me things to think about different approaches to it you know the the exercises the the thoughts the consolation the amen to that all of it it warms my heart I feel like I have not been around as many of the energies I would like to be uh, Hmm. at least in my time in Portland Um, yeah so I appreciate this from you. Thank you so, very much. Yeah,
0: and I'm going to, let's do, okay, two more things. Cause sure. why, why not? I'm going to ch- give you one challenge and then maybe if you want, we could play a game. I haven't played oh, a game right. in a while. Okay. Cool. Do it. <laughs> All right. So the challenge is challenge me and the listeners with one thing, uh, one, one challenge that we could focus on for a week, um, that, that can get us more on track to filling in cracks. It can be as practical or as, as, as impractical as you want. What's one little tidbit or challenge or exercise?
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. There's so many. I'm just going to, uh, from the hip, like you said, I would say. <laughs> Don't edit out my silence either. Let this, let this. Oh, just... No, 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 this
0: is real. This is live.
1: Maybe it seems a bit trite, but you know those those like artists' pages that the the artist's way or anything has you do, like if you if you take the same chunk of time for that week, right? when you wake up or nine a m or six a m whatever, and you and you just vomit out all your thoughts for a bit. I think like this, you're going to see this mirror where you did not know there was a mirror. the The way you're thinking of things and processing them once you make that a physical whether it be a paragraph or a page or a story. I think that would be very telling. I think that's good for anybody. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. And did you did you say right when you wake up,
1: blackout time? I think there's a bit more poetry in like do it at the same time every day. So if that means you oh, got to okay. get yourself up, or if that means you just know that from nine to nine thirty you're writing, because hmm. when you wake up is a bit too nebulous.
0: Okay, challenge accepted. Are you um, gonna do it? Oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it for a week.
1: Oh well, shit, I'm gonna do it too. And you're th- okay. All right
0: yep i'll do it too done okay so now the um the game the game (laughs) Ah, this is this is a classic and i'm sure that you've heard of it um but i'm feeling inspired so it's a word association game and it it, it's called mind meld Mind
1: mind meld oh is it word word and then try to say the thing in the middle
0: yeah. I mean, essentially we're trying to meld our minds onto the same word. And so we will go like this. It goes in rounds. Uh-huh. Um, either we can set rounds or we can go until we meld. Um, but we go three two, one and then we say a word, just any word. And right. based off of those two words, we try to find the word that 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 comes together and that we can say boom at the same time. So for example. If we went three, two, one, and I said blade, and you said
1: kilt, kilt, what might be the next three, two, one? So is it three, two, one? We both say our own word, and then an immediate three, two, one. Try to do the meld.
0: So we go three, two, one, and I'd say like whatever ball, right. mm-hmm. 12. 12, Okay, now we sit on that, and I, uh-huh. and I would we'd probably laugh or something, whatever, blah blah. You ready? <laughs> okay, three, two, one, and now we say. Pool or something. Pool. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Like pool ball, you know, whatever. I love it. So I that so, it. so we can go until we, we meld words. I think that's funner than like trying to get it in in 10 because then, you know, we start to get a little. T- a little <laughs> I
1: don't tense. know if we have the time to go until we meld. I've seen this game and it, it seems borderline impossible. I would, I'd like to give it a hey, go. Hey, hey, I've done it in three on the show. Jesus,
0: Michael. All yeah. right. Come on. All right. Okay. Think okay. positive. Think positive. I think positive. Um three, two, one, blue. Right. Blue, blue, and right. Right. W-R-I-R-T, right. Or W R I T E. -E. (laughs) W-R-I-T-E. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Right. Okay. All right. Great. Three,
1: two, one. Pen. Postcard. Postcard. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. I feel like, okay, okay, is a, is a common follow-up to it. Okay, 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 yeah, okay, here we are. Yeah, yeah. okay, uh,
0: pen, and, uh, pen and postcard, mm-hmm. three, two, one,
1: family. Oh. No, I got the pen, I get it now, I get it. Oh. I said, you... oh, and you said family, but now that... we... <laughs> well, we got... you want to do another one? Three, two, one. Put. Po- well, I think let's just keep going with this, right? That's... You said, oh, and, and I said family? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Family, okay. All right. Oh, family. Okay. Three. Wait. Sorry. Was that like O exclamation mark?
1: Uh, like O H. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: okay. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Heart. Baby. Okay. Heart. Baby. Heart. Baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Mother. Four. Look Mother us. born. We're getting close. Born. Okay. Three, two, one, pregnant. Love. Oh, God. Oh, pregnant in love? <laughs> okay. You say, oh, God. I did. <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. Did you say love? Okay. Oh, yeah. Game over. <laughs> Game over. Got to write a song now. No, I just feel like we're getting so close. Uh, right. What, what do we say? Pregnant in love? Pregnant in love, yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, sex. sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah no!
1: Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Michael, congrats! You have pushed me to
0: limits I've never been pushed to before. And look, it all comes back to
1: sex. Look at us, yeah, right? Yeah. Will the podcast when you edit it? Will the podcast just end sex and then fuck cut out? (laughs) Do you want it to? (laughs) If it works out, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Yeah, we could do
0: that. Let's do that. (laughs) This was great. Thank you so much. Wow. Is there anything you want to say? Like, even if we did cut it out, we could play the outro. And then if you wanted to plug anything, I don't know, we could put it in at the end.
1: Yeah, I would I would like to invite uh, everybody to check out Shady Pines Radio, which is a, a radio station that was bred of this pandemic when people who were collaborating and making music together couldn't anymore. So now shadypinesradio.com, we, there's about 70 DJs on here. There's shows running 24 hours a day, everything from jazz to, to just commentary to reggae to dance music. My show, The Soju Hour, is on every Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, and it's just an hour of that shit whatever. I mean, it's, it's lowbrow. It, it's, it's chaos. It's lunacy. It's whatever I want to do, and it's a, it's a wicked weird time. All the time. Oh, I'd love it for people to check it out. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Cool. Maybe I'll tune in. I'd love it. All right.
0: Thanks so much. I'm going to stop the recording, but um, okay. maybe we stay on and I'll bring Julie back in here. We can all say goodbye. I would love that. All right. Well, thanks so much. This has been a blast. Everybody, absolutely- thanks for listening. We'll see you Sunday. Don't forget about the weekly challenge. All, Come right, on. Yeah. all the love. Sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah so- Lucas! <laughs> yeah! Looking for Artists is a Rock Rising podcast. Learn more about us on Instagram at rockrisinginc. That's R-O-C-K-R-I-S-I-N-G-I-N-C. Looking for Artists is available anywhere you podcast.